Welcome to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, bringing you bi-weekly discussions designed to help you grow your business and create the lifestyle you desire. Elevate your business with proven strategies from virtual CFOs, CPAs, and business advisors. We discuss real-world challenges solved with actionable steps that get you the results you need both in business and building the life you deserve. Thank you for joining us for episode number 109 of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, brought to you by PJS and Co CPAs. I'm your host, Megan Spicer. And today we're talking about business owners, personalities, the science behind it, and formal plans. So, question Do you have a formal plan for your business? Everyone answer in your own car, in your, in your own office. And if so, do you actually follow it or is it something that you put together and maybe don't acknowledge again until the end of the year? That is what we're going to be talking about. I have co-host Katina Peters here with me, VCFO partner here at PJS and CoCPAs to help us break down why business owners may ignore formal plans. Welcome, Katina. Thanks, Megan. It's great to be here as always. I think we have a pretty interesting topic today. This all the different aspects of business and business ownership and personalities and psychologies and all the things. It's really interesting to just get into and kind of understand a little bit better about others, about ourselves. So just looking forward to discussing that more today. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. And like I said, we're tying science into this discussion today too, because there's a couple of studies that we found that correlate directly to why entrepreneurs become entrepreneurs and some of the decision-making processes that we see in business owners as well. And obviously like myself, I, you know, coming from a marketing background, I really enjoy psychology and the study of human behavior and why people do what they do. It's just very fascinating. I think everybody finds that fascinating on a certain level and maybe even to understand ourselves a little bit more, right? As business right. owners, we can kind of dig in and see like, oh, well, that that does make sense why I made that decision or maybe that is why I chose to, to start up my own company or you can kind of see your own blind spots too, maybe a little better. Yeah, for sure. I think if you look into the stuff and then step back a little bit and go, oh, hey, hmm. <laughs> maybe that's something I do. I need to, to think about that <laughs> oh, geez, a little bit. Me. Yeah. <laughs> so always that good uh, introspection uh, to, to come by and do as you move along in life, right? Yep. And one of the things that, that we want to start off with, most business owners create a formal plan for where we're headed, how we're going to get there, some type of action plan but maybe then deviate from that, even though the numbers were run, we worked with experts to come up with this formal plan, but why would we do something like that? And, and there's a lot of reasons that play into it. Have you seen this firsthand working with clients, Katina? Sure. I mean, I guess I've seen kind of the gamut of things. The, do we have a formal plan first? Because I think maybe somewhere along the way, like way back in the beginning, like you're saying, mm -hmm. they had one and then they kind of just didn't ever really kind of come back to that whole strategic. They just got on the hamster wheel and just kept running and didn't come back to the formal plan. So I think mm -hmm. I've, I've definitely seen that happen a lot. And then I've also seen, okay, we have a plan and here it is. So just like your vision statement. Here's the vision statement. Here's the plan. 
never look at it again. Don't check in. Don't know where we're at mid-year, et cetera. A lot of it's time. I, I, people think they don't have the time to do it as part of it. Mm-hmm. Knowledge of know-how of how to really go about doing those check-ins as well. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we also have that ostrich thing. Like, I don't want to know what's not working. I don't want to know how bad it, it is if it is bad or mm-hmm. <laughs> things like mm-hmm. that. Like, just, you know, put the rose-colored glasses on and don't don't look because it's difficult. It can be difficult for our egos it can be difficult for difficult conversations with our team if we have a team Mm -hmm. (laughs) things like that so Mm -hmm. yeah I've seen kind of the gamut of things and then we're going to talk a little bit about those as well but yeah it's just definitely seen where if you can get over that get past that learn learn your way through that and have those plans put in place have those check-in points have those difficult conversations when they need to be had and also to spin a new perspective on it sometimes too we don't have to look at those failures as we talked about in the past it's just oh we're just terrible and we're feeling and blah Mm. you know but it's really that opportunity to figure out a better way to reconfigure to do whatever we need to do to move forward in a better way yeah that's a good point and one of the the studies that we talked about that I'll link in the the show notes for this episode which can be found at pjscpas.com forward slash 109 is from Harvard Business School and I was scrolling through it again today. You know, we found this a couple of weeks ago when we were prepping this episode, but there is so much information in here about personality traits and how they lend themselves to entrepreneurs. It's fascinating. So do you want to talk about a couple of the things that of a couple of the findings from that study. Yeah, they did have some interesting findings. I mean, it's a pretty in-depth study, all the different mm-hmm. things they looked at, but they are looking to try to correlate person- personality traits, excuse me, of entrepreneurs and similarities and things that seem to work well and things that maybe don't work as well. They found a correlation between leadership in like confidence and optimism. Like that seemed to be a big trait among entrepreneurs that they have that confidence in their abilities and those kinds of things and that they tend to have more of an optimistic outlook of things, which on these, both these traits are good and necessary and can also be a downfall as well. So we want to discuss a little bit about how to kind of balance those things out a little bit and what kind of what some of the negative sides of that could be and to be able to manage that better as well. Yeah. And I've seen the studies too, that link people who are always late to optimism too. Like it's not necessarily, they don't mean to be disrespectful. They just think, oh, I can fit more in my day. And they're optimistic about how long it's going to take to get there. They don't factor in traffic or, you know, whatever it is. Because a lot of people that are on time take someone being late as being rude and, or, you're, you know, you're just disrespectful and that's not necessarily mm-hmm. what they're coming from. So it's, like I said, it's good to understand why someone may be ignoring the formal plan. It's not that they're, they have this blatant disregard for, you know, the time that you took to put this formal plan together. They're coming at it from, oh, I think, you know, this plan's going to work really great. They just maybe aren't considering all of the factors that went into that formal plan. <laughs> it's not necessarily what your first inclination is to assume that, oh, they're just right. not a good business person or the right. assumption maybe. 
Sure. Yeah. And it takes all types to run things. And I think that's why we've had uh, such success taking a little more of a systematic approach, because that systematic approach, if you follow the system, it, it brings all those personality traits together and makes them have that synergy to move forward. But it also kind of protects against the downfalls of those personality traits. And that can be these personality traits or other personality traits that different people have. I mean, we all have our way of doing things, our perceptions of life, our personality traits that come into it. But if we can plug that all into a systematic way of doing things, we see the best synergy and growth so that we are really doing the things that need to happen despite our personality traits in some cases. An example is in the study that they they had here was, or there's a couple studies here, but one that specifically talks about having those high levels of confidence, which definitely triggers a lot of entrepreneurs to even want to become an entrepreneur, right? Like they need to be mm-hmm. confident that they're able to do it and to have mm-hmm. the optimism that they can do it to become an entrepreneur. But it can also lead to maybe being a little too overconfident, maybe not seeking advice or listening to advice that people are giving because they kind of can overestimate maybe their abilities, their gut feels, whatever that might be. And especially if it's like an ego-driven thing, we have to kind of watch out for that to make sure that, yes, yes, we need confidence. And to be good leaders, we need to be confident. We need to lead our people with confidence so that they therefore have confidence that we're leading them well. But we also have to kind of have that, I guess, maybe humble spirit a little bit (laughs) about it too, to really step back, analyze ourselves, just because we're getting advice, obviously doesn't mean that we always take the advice that we're given, but that we really give it space to be there, Mm -hmm. to think about it, to think it through, to recognize that it could be better than maybe what we think we should be doing and to go through that that type of thing. So they found they called advice discounting that that happened fairly often or often enough with people with that type of personality that it caused them to have a little more difficulties in, in running their businesses and making the best decisions there. So I think the same thing goes for the optimism. Like you can be super duper optimistic and head in the clouds and not realistic and not maybe wanting to step back and be, okay, that's a great goal or what have you, but really thinking through that how we get there part and the what does it take to do that financially, structurally, et cetera, because we need to have the goal. We need to have the dream. We need to have the optimism, right, <laughs> to go there, but we also have to have the realism of how to get there and to monitor ourselves along the way as well. So we want to make sure that we're thinking about the risks and the downsides. And sometimes we have blind spots to stuff too, which I think is where advisors, you know, for anyone come into play. Like we all have our own minds. We all have our own experiences to draw from, but having someone else to advise with a different set of experiences, with different perspectives, sometimes we'll just think of things that we just never think of too. So making sure that we're kind of looking at that. So I think getting advisors for major business decisions, especially as important so that you're kind of covering your bases a little more as as they like to say, two heads better than one, right? (laughs) At least two heads. Sometimes it's more than two, (laughs) but having all those different ideas and perspectives coming into making a good decision so that you don't maybe make a decision, not realizing a risk that you maybe just hadn't thought of as well. So that's something to keep in mind too. Yeah. I think getting an advisor, I mean, how many times do we, we say that we reiterate that quite a bit. Uh, If you aren't an expert in that field, you don't want to be making large legal decisions for your business 
on a leap of faith. That's not a great way to go about it. But I can see how that would be difficult as a business owner and as somebody who has this fantastic optimism and this amazing amount of confidence to take that leap to to start your own business. That's a big jump, especially if you're coming from a secure nine to five. Like we always hear about that transition, right? And it takes a lot of yeah. faith to to make that transition over. So it's difficult to balance it out with the realism and kind of coming back down to earth and and you need that that balance though. So in addition to getting an advisor, how else can we balance out those amazing personality traits that allow entrepreneurs to do what they do with the things that help a business actually grow and be successful? Yeah, I think it's important that you have a system that you're following for planning strategically for your business and monitoring your business and making changes and those kinds of things. So I think having a real business plan with a realistic budget and a forecast, and that's um, kind of getting us down even to a little bit of the nitty gritty like we've talked about. You know, we can have dreamers dream, I'm going to go from $100,000 in revenue to $2 million next year. Well, that's great. But who wouldn't want that, right? right? And it's maybe realistic. But what we need to do is pair that back into how does that function? Like, how are we actually getting there? Like, how many sales do we need? How many salespeople do we need? How many people do we need to fulfill on that service or product, etc.? So kind of really backing that down and getting into the metrics of the numbers. So how many people do we need to hire? You know, what's our sales plan? What's our hiring plan? How fast are we going to be onboarding people? Is that realistic? So so we need to make sure that we're setting those dreams up in a way that we're going to be able to achieve them or get very close, right? <laughs> well, that's the goal. Because if we have unrealistic figures in mind, we're not going to be able to really reach those or implement the right things or our cost budget is going to be too high because now we have this really high revenue that we're shooting for and we've built up all these costs that are going to be covered by that revenue and we may overspend because we're funneling those costs with the expectation that that revenue is coming and then it, it doesn't. So we need to kind of have those checkpoints over time of our budget to actuals and our hiring plan and our marketing plan and how are the how are all those things going how are our metrics reading out on that you know how many people are we reaching how many conversions are we getting so we can lay that plan out and it may be achievable but we need to back it into its components because i think a lot of times we get this big plan but we don't take the time to back it into the components of what it means to make that plan happen and i think when we do that helps us just bring things into focus. Like, okay, this is mm-hmm. what we'd have to do in the first quarter to make this part of the plan happen to reach the goal that we're trying to reach. So just kind of building up those components and taking the time to do that, whether that's with yourself, you and your team, with an advisor that has experience, however you get there, <laughs> that's an important function there. Because if we're not being realistic about what steps we can take and what we can realistically achieve as as one person or as the current team that we are, we're just going to be completely off base with our plans and our budgeting. So we want to make sure that we're doing that first and foremost would be my recommendation. Because again, it's not just financial, like obviously we're CPA CFOs, that's kind of more in our area, but it really boils down to backing that all into the other components and aspects of the business that we've talked about before. Yeah. And I think that's an important point too, that you said about 
you know, that could potentially just be you as the business owner. So understanding where you are now in your capacity, you know, like it, it's great to plan out what your business would look like at $5 million or whatever that is, you know, your goal. But realistically, this is where you are now too. So, so you need to connect the dots between that big goal and you functioning alone as a business owner, or maybe with a small team and making sure that you're not just trying to make this big jump that's unrealistic too. Yeah, because it can definitely have the opposite effect too from a motivational perspective as well for yourself Mm -hmm. personally. I mean, again, most in the studies that they talked about uh, confidence and and optimism, there's also like this being conscientious was a big Mm -hmm. one too. And the the achiever, a lot of times those personalities, obviously you you set a goal, you're going to try really, really hard to meet that goal and to achieve Mm -hmm. it. And if we're not setting realistic steps in place that are are achievable. They may be a stretch. It's always good to have a stretch, but if we're not doing that, then that's going to be hard motivationally speaking as well. So we want to make sure that we're we're doing that for ourselves as business owners too, that we're setting stretch goals, but that we can see the progress and see the achievement because I think from the study (laughs) seems to be also how a lot of business owners thrive too. Yep. Agreed. All right. So anything else that we can do to combat the tendency to be (laughs) overconfident or (laughs) maybe have those blind spots that we talked about. Yeah. So we talked about setting up the plan. Of course, I mean, monitoring is important and setting the time aside to monitor those achievements and monitor the finances and the budget to actuals because that helps train us. When we're being confident, we want to be confident for a reason, I guess. We're being optimistic. It will reinforce that ability and and maybe call us back to reality in some circumstances too. So again, if we're systematically doing it, we're forcing it into our schedule, we're making ourselves look at it, we're not sticking our heads in the ground and just ignoring it. I mean, I think most of the time, business owners typically have a feel for things aren't maybe as great as I'd like them to be. <laughs> they kind of just have that gut feel or that things just aren't running smoothly or things like that. If they take the time to really stop and and think about it, but coming back to just making sure we're doing those things and then making adjustments, making a change to the plan to fix them. I mean, that's ultimately can be a little painful sometimes to maybe you were a little too optimistic on how many sales you could do or something mm-hmm. like that. And you didn't achieve that goal for whatever reason. And I think that can be a little like, ouch, I thought I could do better than that. But we need to kind of overcome that, right? Learn from the failures, learn how to tweak what works better, experiment some more, go in a different direction. Because ignoring it's not going to do us any good. We can't keep doing the same thing over and over and expect something's going to change, right? So we need to stop, look at the metrics, realize where things are breaking down so that we can do some more experimentation and fix those areas. So I think that's, again, just another place we want to come back to making sure that we're forcing those things into our schedules, making time for those things, because even you're going to be busy no matter what, but you want to be busy going in the right direction, not busy running on the hamster wheel, right? It gives you some type of direction and course of action. It's like your compass. Like, am I headed in the right direction? Like you were saying, you don't want to just keep hiking without checking where you're going. You could be going in the complete opposite direction. Look at your map, check in, make sure, okay, yeah, we're still headed headed in the right direction. 
I think those are the main things that I would definitely bring up. And I think that those personality traits are awesome. That is what makes the world run around here, all these small businesses, right? There's so many (laughs) small businesses that are running and so many people that have these skill sets. If they can kind of achieve these other skill sets of the discipline of the structure and doing those kinds of things and building that team around you to have a similar approach, then that's going to help the trajectory of the business just compound. Yeah. And like I said, I'm going to link to that that research. So if you want to read through all the personality traits, feel free. But we do want to mention too that not everyone is going to fit into this like one mold, right? Like entrepreneurs come in all shapes and sizes and personality types. And I know you've worked with hundreds of entrepreneurs and probably have some input. They probably all don't fit 100% into overconfident over optimistic (laughs) dreamers that you have to reel back down to the ground. Like they're probably not all 100% that. Right. 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 Yeah. So hopefully you listened to this whole episode and and didn't just turn it off because you didn't fit any of either of those descriptions. <laughs> but I think there's a degree of of those probably in every entrepreneur. But you might not, like you said, think of yourself as you're overconfident. You're not willing to listen to advice. You're over optimistic. You're a huge dreamer. Whatever. Sometimes that's not the mold. We're all people, and they like to do these studies and try to push people into quadrants or whatever they have on the study, which doesn't always work, but it's still interesting well, and you, it does help. Yep. Go ahead. It's interesting too, because it was another book I was listening to where they're talking about all of these studies and, you know, we base so much in, in the science field and business and in all of these different fields on these studies. But one of the things they don't really talk about is that the majority of these studies are done on college students, which is not where a lot of us are right. at, at, you know, the point in life where we're starting a company or starting a family or, you know, the millions of other life situations, like they're yeah. looking at this one chunk of people in their early 20s. And mm-hmm. that input is very different than the majority of humans <laughs> out there, too. So that's another yeah. consideration when looking at these studies is like, OK, that gives us some insight, but it's not everybody, obviously. Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be impacted, obviously, by how the study was done and who it was done on. And obviously, I think most of us that are older business owners can attest to not being the same as we were in our 20s, likely. (laughs) So we have different experience built up and learned along the way. Again, kind of going back to not everybody's going to fit the mold. I think still, if we look at it from a systematic process perspective, so there's there's people that maybe are just really great in their field and they just kind of got tired of politics or whatever and decide, hey, I'm just going to do this on my own, that kind of thing. They strike out maybe on their own and do things different, but maybe they've, they don't have as much entrepreneurial tendency. Like they don't look at it. We've talked before about a lot of times making that mind shift from a professional service provider, for example, to being an entrepreneur in, in that mindset is, is different. You know, mm-hmm. you have to learn you learn how to be a business owner, how to run a business, whether it's a professional business, any business, like you have to kind of shift away from just the professional service side and into structuring the business and strategic planning for a business and those kinds of mindsets too. So I think there's something to learn from that side as well. And just to be kind of open to learning it from that perspective too, because you may not be the over-optimistic personality, but you can still use the same system structure to get to the mm-hmm. same point with your personality traits. Because if you're following this this plan and operating in this way, 
it's going to look different for you than it does for somebody else with different personality traits, but that's okay. But you're still getting that systematic approach. You're doing the things that need to happen. You're hiring the people that maybe are complementary to your personality, but you know, still getting to a growth goal in your business and where you want to be. Yeah. No, that's great. All right. Well, so long story short, follow your formal plans. <laughs> if you have one, if you don't have one, make the time to do it and then hold yourself accountable with reporting, basically. That's what it comes down to. And if you need help doing any of that, we are here to help. We do offer a free discovery call and we will talk through your business as it is, what you dream of it being, and help you come up with a plan to get it there. So reach out to us, pjscpas.com forward slash contact. And we have a calendar available there. You can book directly, easy. We make it easy as possible. And if you have any questions, please reach out to us at info at pjscpas.com. Thank you so much for joining us, Katina. I always enjoy talking scientific research studies. <laughs> it was fun. Yep. It's very interesting for sure. <laughs> and thank you so much to our listeners. Keep that momentum going and we will see you next time. This has been another episode of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review. Gain access to additional free resources and learning opportunities by visiting pjscpas.com forward slash podcast.